Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. On our last podcast, we were discussing many things that we have talked about on this podcast throughout the many episodes. Uh, We were talking about fighting the good fight of faith, the importance of being devoted and dedicated, how we can tell someone's origin based on who they serve and what they're doing in their actions, right? The importance of being content. We discussed this on the last podcast, and if you missed it, I encourage you uh, to go ahead and watch that now and circle back here whenever you're completed, because today we're going to be talking about being prepared. And I want to intro with the parable of the 10 virgins. So this is a very known parable within the Bible uh, shared in Matthew, and it's the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. And I'm going to go ahead and read that now. And it's Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to start in verse 1 and it says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But when the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Verse 6, And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Verse 10, And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Amen. So this is a rather straightforward parable. And it's so important that we are prepared. We have to be prepared in and out of season. We must have oil for our lamps, for if right? If we're doing the prep work at the moment when the son of man, right? Jesus returns, we're not going to make it. We're going to miss the deadline, right? We must be prepared. And how do we be prepared? We must have a kingdom mind. How do we get a kingdom mind? We must be converted, right? We must repent. We must be serious and repent. And we don't just repent and continue living our same lives, right? We consecrate ourselves from this world and we do everything that Jesus says yes to. And we don't do anything that he says no to. Amen? And like I said, there's a time for everything. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it discusses that there's a time for everything. You know, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted. Right? I'm not going to read all of this. There's a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Read that in Ecclesiastes 3. But at any time, we must be prepared despite our circumstances We must have that kingdom mindset. Be prepared, right? How do we do that? Through the Holy Spirit. That is the power that we need. He will show up for us. Amen. We must always be prepared to handle anything at a moment's notice when it comes to the Spirit. 
right? When it's concerning things of Christ, we must be the one. God has called us for a great purpose to live in this current time. It is not a coincidence that you're listening to this podcast. And I know it's not a coincidence that I'm making it. I know it's not a coincidence that I uh, am part of the ministry that I'm part of today, that God has introduced me to the spiritual family that I have. God has these provisions for our lives in my life because we serve him, right? We remain prepared for him. So kingdom mindfulness is a necessity. We must be focused on him. And if we are laborers for God, we must be full-time. Amen? I'll say it again. We must be full-time laborers for God. We cannot be part-time servants of God because that means that sometimes we serve God and sometimes we don't. That means sometimes uh, we listen, sometimes we don't. It means we're double-minded and that's of the devil. We must be prepared. We must be prepared and be about his business 100% of the time. And he's given us a task for kingdom business. Specifically in Luke chapter 2 verse 49, he said to them, why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Jesus told the disciples to do my business until I come in Luke chapter 19. Do my business until I come. God wants us to invest in him. Don't you remember talking about this on a previous podcast? Remember in Revelation chapter 3 verse 18, God says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. Right? God's saying, invest in me and I'm going to take care of you. Amen. And God is there with you, right? When we serve God, right? And we're about his kingdom business, right? A business, yes, we can go at it alone, but oftentimes there's others that we are alongside, just like the disciples, just like Paul was urging Timothy, like, I need help. Bring Mark. I need help, right? We're alongside others. And in Matthew 18, just as a reminder and encouragement for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Right? So we know when we're about kingdom business, we have the support of Jesus and he's there with us, helping us along the way. So we have to go. We have to go. What do I mean by that? We have to move. We have to move our feet. If we can get to the place to pray and to minister, we should go. We should drive there. God will open the doors, but we should seek them as well. Make connections. We should seek them. And you'll discern the ones to move forward on. Amen? But you have to move. You have to go. And there's a difference between praying for a place we cannot easily get to. But if we are praying for places we can get to, we should go there and pray and we stand on the soil. I'll give you an example. I uh, am an intercessor and I stand in the gap for Africa and we have a divine appointment to pray every Friday for Africa. Right? I can't easily get to Africa. I'm in the United States. That's difficult for me. I can't just make that a morning right? And go stand on African soil, right? Surely if the Lord calls me to go there, I'm going to go, but I'm going to pray for that place. However, recently there was a witches conference uh, north of where I live. It's maybe about an hour away and I can get there. You can stand on the soil and you can pray, right? So there's a difference. On this podcast, we have also been talking about demons and we're going to move into new episodes of this podcast that are going to highlight how we can be equipped to stand against them. And we've talked about this and the importance of knowing how they operate, 
right? And one thing I want to stress today is that you cannot destroy demons. Some ministers and some pastors, they are sharing that they destroyed demons, but we cannot destroy a spirit. We can't. We're, we cannot destroy a spirit when we're in the flesh, but we can drive them out of the place that they are in. And Jesus said that we have the power to cast them out, not destroy them. So I want to correct that right now. You cannot destroy demons, but we can cast them out through the power of the Holy Spirit. And in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, it says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. But it clearly says, in my name, they will cast out demons, not destroy demons. We need to make sure that when we read the word of God, that we're not mistakenly putting different words in there. That's the enemy trying to deceive us. We need to have sharp minds. We need to be prepared when we intake the word of God so we don't do this. And there are lots of lessons to be learned through experience, right? Or even the experience of others through testimonies. That's why it's so important to share your experiences. But for example, you wouldn't know that witches sneak into your church or your home. They defile it. They curse money, hoping that you pick it up. They give you gifts that will curse you. They bring spirits that will linger in your home. You wouldn't know any of this unless you experienced it, right? And you connected the dots, right? There's so many lessons to be learned about demons and those who are sorcerers practicing witchcraft but through experience you can see these things and you'll be able to see how clearly this world has been drugged spiritually i want to share a quick experience there was a time um, where uh, someone who i thought was a friend bought me this ring this ring i would say she didn't know a lot about she bought me this ring and you know i wish i could show you a picture but just looking at it it just it would just put you off a little bit um, it definitely wasn't my style at all. And it had like this stone and uh, this lime green element. And it was, for me, it was ugly. But I discerned it immediately that I'm not supposed to have this. And how easily it could have been where I could have accepted it, right? And um, I could have worn it, right? Just to please my friend. And that's exactly what the enemy wanted. Please your friend. Wear it. Instead, I had to essentially get rid of this ring and if I would have kept that ring could you imagine the influence that it would have on my life if I didn't know and that's how easy it is right that's how easy it is so beware of this beware of the gifts that you receive pay attention what you see in the natural pay attention also beware of the songs that you sing this is another example of, of witchcraft in the church Right? There's so many singing songs to the Lord, but who wrote it? What did they do in their life? How did they live their life? And people get so caught up in the song, right? If it sounds good or maybe if there's fog, right? And there's artificial goosebumps that some churches are, are um, creating. Today, churches still worship the Hillsong and Hillsong was a sexual abuser. Do you think that this pleases God? Why are we singing those songs? Sing different songs. Right? There's this one song, it's I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. And if you've never heard it, it's 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 a rather simple song. I have decided to follow Jesus. Right? It's a simple song. But that's written off of experience, right? Somebody who lost their whole family because they wouldn't renounce their faith in Jesus, their commitment 
and dedication to Jesus. Sing that song. But today you'll find churches singing misleading songs that glorify themselves and they don't even know it. There's this song called, I am a friend of God. And to that I say, are you sure? Because the chorus says, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. How is that glorifying God? That's glorifying yourself saying, look at me. I'm a friend of God. But we know through the word how, and we know through the word, the steps that we must go through to be a friend of God and that there is the narrow path and the wide path. And it creates this false sense of hope. Like I'm okay. I'm a friend of God because I'm singing this song. God doesn't want you to sing that song in church that glorifies you, right? And this is witchcraft and it has invaded the church. People singing about how they believe they are a friend of Jesus, though they do not live the correct life. Witchcraft, witchcraft, and these types of things are condoned, right? There's people getting baptized in water that shouldn't be getting baptized in water to be um, professing that they're living a life for Christ. These are the things that are condoned today. We must be servants of God. When you're servants of God, you are a business developer, right? You don't wait for opportunities, but you seek for an opportunity. For example, can you go? If not, can you help someone who can, right? Can you get to the divine appointment, right? Whether it's a mission, right? And you you don't have to travel to a different country to have a mission. You could travel two hours north, one hour north, 30 minutes, right? If you can't go, help someone who can. How can you help someone who can? Pray for them right? Maybe God will touch your heart to share some finances with them, right? We are living in a time to deliver on God's expectations. So we must ensure that we walk so precisely according to his word. Now, I want to share a little bit about what my pastor was recently talking to us about, but I first want to stress that I'm not an expert in economics, but I can see the condition of this world today due to COVID and the stocks, right? I work for um, a rather large company uh, who's constantly um, sharing news on stocks. So I can see how it's fluctuating, right? And also Canada just recently opened their borders right after COVID. They opened their borders to the non-vaccinated. Why? Because they need money. They need tourism, right? There is going to be a global recession that has not hit yet due to this global pandemic, right? And you know who's going to be impacted? churchgoers. And I'll say it again, churchgoers are going to be impacted. People will not be able to pay their mortgage, but the government's going to evaluate the many situations. They're going to allow people to live in their homes. Why? Because the people are going to upkeep their homes rather than displacing them. And this is going to create debt, right? And still savings is going to go down. It's going to decrease. And investments like steel, I have several members of my family that work in the steel industry, which is a global indicator of this world's economy. They're going to peak now, and then they're going to start to come down, right? So businesses will begin to heavily lay off and terminate employment. Why? Because they need to find ways to exist at a lower cost. You know who's going to be impacted? Churchgoers. These upcoming times will reveal if you are a churchgoer or a true servant of God. And why do I say that churchgoers will be impacted? Because Jesus has a promise to those who obey him and attending a church is not enough. You must be sold out, truly sold out, truly sold out. What's great is that God's business is funded by God and not man. So even though the world is in this condition, God's business will continue because he said, and laborers of Christ will continue to receive their wages and their money will not cease like others. 
You and I can enter heaven if you and I are saved, but laborers will receive the wage from heaven. And just because I am blessed with money today doesn't mean that I'm getting to heaven. There's a lot of rich people today that aren't going to heaven. There's a lot of people today that get whatever they want so easily because they have the funds, but it doesn't mean they're getting into heaven just because it seems as though they have a prosperous life. It's difficult for the rich man to get to heaven. Your relationship with Jesus will get you into heaven, period, and that's it. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, I want to read verse 18, and it says, For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. So you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. What is the ox? It's a worker of Jesus, right? That's somebody working for the Lord. And when you muzzle the ox, what are you doing? You're stopping it, right? Do not stop a worker of Jesus. Do not deter them. Laborers are worthy of their wages. Why are they worthy? Because they're doing the work. These people are not working for their own bellies. They're not working for themselves. They're working for the Lord. I want to read in chapter 16 of Romans, just as a review, and it says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. So avoid these people causing problems. These people are in the church. They're also outside of the church, but they're in the church. For those who are such do not serve our Lord, but their own bellies. And by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. Do not be deceived by these people who serve their own bellies. Right? Just a reminder there, it's a warning. Stay away from these people. Don't do ministry with these people. Love them, but they will deter you. Do not deter a laborer of God. And God says, you will work for me and I will pay your wage. Right? That's a promise of God. And I feel it necessary to mention that there aren't participation trophies, right? There are levels to heaven, right? Those who work harder for the Lord are going to receive a different amount of wages. They're going to have different treasures laid aside in heaven from God, right? There's no participation trophies, right? Just because you're standing there when something great happens doesn't mean that you're blessed because of it. You must be doing the work. Likewise, if your husband or your wife is doing the work, but you are not, it doesn't mean that their blessings are your blessings, though you're one. We must all quickly dedicate ourselves today to the Lord. And I stress again, do not delay a laborer like Janice and Jambres, who we have discussed on this podcast before, these sorcerers, right? Remember Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control. And then I'm going to fast forward to verse 7 of Second Timothy chapter 3. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janes and Jambres resisted Moses. Who was Moses? A servant of God. They deterred him, Right? We don't want to be like Janez and Jambres. In Luke chapter 10, verse 2, God also tells us that the harvest is great. And it says specifically, Then he said to them, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Likewise, we should pray. We should pray. God's telling us to pray. Send out the laborers. Why are there few? 
because so many have not been converted. They have not dedicated their life here on earth. So there's very few laborers on earth doing the work of God. But when we pray, God will touch the hearts to work. Amen. Did you know God sends us out as lambs among wolves? He says that. He says that he prepares us to know that this is not an easy path, but it's necessary. And in Luke chapter 10, verse 3, it says, Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Can you imagine a lamb against a wolf? You can't have your spirit killed, but wolves may eat up your flesh and drain up all your energy. Right? And I've experienced this mainly in the ministry, also outside of the ministry. People eating up all of your energy but the holy spirit provides us power love and self-control not fear and in second timothy chapter 1 verse 7 it says for god has not given us the spirit of fear we've talked about this but of power and of love and of a sound mind right we can make our decisions we can control ourselves in these moments though it's difficult we will see the victory and people today they may eat our flesh down to our bones but our bones are alive and remember that your bones are alive so this is a warning and anything that i say i say in a mirror but we all better get serious sign up to serve god today failure to serve god will bring you consequences and i'm telling you this world is going to start to change with this recession many people are going to be struggling but commit yourself to the Lord so that he may protect you. He may have his hand upon you during these times. His work will continue. In verse 4, it says, Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. So God says carry nothing, but this means do not worry. It doesn't mean if you're going somewhere, it doesn't mean like don't pack a bag, don't bring clothes. It just means don't worry about the provisions because the Lord will provide you a place to stay and food to eat. This is a promise to those who believe on him. We don't have to worry about anything. When we are doing the work of God, we are provided for. We are safe. Amen? And when God says don't greet anyone on the road, why not? This is, again, in Luke chapter 10, verse 4. Why? Because people will distract you. Friends, family, children. They're going to distract you. But it's not saying just be silent until the work is done. No, stay focused. Do not let someone distract you. Know when to pull away. Satan will even send people to bother you, people that you love to deter you, right? That's why I say children, family, friends. Stay focused. And in 10.7, Jesus will send people to provide for you. And it says, and if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And seven, and remain in the same house eating and drinking such things as they give for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house, right? So God is going to provide a place for you to stay, food to eat. If you're in an unknown area, like you can trust in the Lord. He will do these things. He will do these things. I just want to give glory to the Lord because the ministry that I am a part of is engaging in a special prayer movement um, prompted by the Lord, of course. And we had a prayer conference on a Saturday. And it was one Saturday. I enjoyed it so much. And someone there was touched by the Lord to give $1,000, even though it wasn't asked. You know, my ministry hasn't made a habit of asking for the donation, right? Because we know that God will touch the hearts, right? We're not asking for people to give us a money gift. But God touched the heart of somebody that was there. And we prayed at the meeting. 
We interceded, and I would not even call it hard work. But this work was taken so seriously in our hearts. And Jesus provides for his workers, so it is a first-hand example of what the Lord can do just in a moment. You have zero dollars, suddenly you have one thousand. Now, we didn't have zero dollars, but I'm saying we had an increase of one thousand dollars. Amen. God is so good. The Holy Spirit leads those to be workers of God. When you labor for God, you're a troubleshooter. You're not a troublemaker like Janez and Jambres, these people that serve their own bellies, these people that deter laborers. When you labor for God, you're a troubleshooter. So when these situations happen, you're thinking, how can I overcome this? How can I climb over this? Right? Just like Paul did. Laborers are not impacted by the world's problems, like an upcoming recession. The work continues, and the wages for those laborers will continue. Why? Because they're provided by God, and God is a God of his promise. Honestly, I would be afraid to hear these things and to not act today. I'd be afraid to not be a laborer of God today. So be encouraged that God's promises are guaranteed for laborers. For those about his business, laborers are worthy of their wages. If you are a laborer, you are worthy of your wages. And if you're not a laborer, take the steps today to become a laborer. Hear this and make a choice today. Don't be distracted by this world. Do you want to be a lamb or a wolf? Do you want to be a laborer or a distractor to the work of God? Do you serve God or do you serve your own belly? Really reflect on these things and i pray that we all grow to a place that we always have oil in our lamps that we're not out buying the supplies when jesus comes that we're all prepared be prepared people of god be prepared you can decide today be serious and repent you must have the holy spirit without him we will all fail amen Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.